On November 2016, Cindy Reichel and Tom Butcher opened the Patchwork Store in Seattle Eastlake neighborhood, making a huge impact in the music scene with such a small space, no bigger than a tiny apartment. I remember my first time walking into the shop was like being welcomed into a dear friend's home where you can play with any musical gizmo and gadget you like. No matter how many questions I bugged Tom with, he showed me the patience of a master modular wizard. With only one good, with only one goal, that is to bring as many curious minds as possible into the modular and synth industry. If we fast forward to 2021, Patchworks has relocated to a large store and event space in Seattle's Fremont neighborhood, allowing Tom, Cindy, and team to expand into every facet, both locally and online for the world. All right, um, welcome, <laughs> Tom Thank Butcher. You. Cindy Reichel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me in the store yeah, of tonight. Course. My pleasure. Great to be here. I'm glad you guys already had dinner. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to to jump right in and and ask you guys, especially because especially hearing about um, how things have been going through COVID for you guys and and kind of transitioning back into doing what, what you want to in your creative space. So outside of you're outside of the beautiful creation that is Patchworks, your baby. Um, what's been going on with both of you musically? I'll start start with you, Cindy. Sure. So after lockdown, you know, pretty much came to an end and people started going out again, uh, it was definitely nice to see the community coming back out and organizing shows. And I personally started going out early last year, mm-hmm. 2022, uh, took a few months to ramp up. I feel like at first people were a little hesitant to go to shows and to throw events. And, and for, for myself, you know, I didn't start performing again until last summer. Really. I took some time and and just gradually kind of got used to going, you know, from not going out at all and being stuck at home uh, during that period to Mm -hmm. having a schedule and a, and a social calendar similar to what I had before the pandemic so now I would say I'm, I'm going out pretty frequently. I'm performing more often uh, and really enjoying doing that. And it's nice to see a lot of shows happening in Seattle. I also traveled uh, last year to Berlin, which was actually my first time leaving Seattle since before the pandemic. So I just got on a plane and went to Berlin for a week and enjoyed that. And, and I think doing those things has really helped me, you know, get back to feeling like things are a little bit more normal. So. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're ninety percent of the way there at this point. You're performing under just your full name, right? Um, I have two projects, so I perform ambient music under my full name, and I have a techno project uh, called Expert System. Right on, and then you guys collaborate together we as do. well. That's so would that correct. make three projects? Yes, for myself. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> right on, and that's all all the way up to today. That's how things have been going for you. Right yeah, on. cool. It's been good. Yeah, um, I I wanted to to say that um, I I'm thoroughly enjoying you know, getting getting out there too, um, and wanted to thank you guys for actually putting on the introduction to to Crosby Morgan as one of the people that you guys asked to come on and do one on one lessons with people for music production. Um, that immediately just got me really excited to be outside and and start hanging out with people again. And this is that, that was my first time, um, 
engaging with the the efforts that you guys make with the whole the whole scene and like that that extra effort you take beyond just being a storefront or um or this big holy thing that people look at <laughs> um so on to you mr butcher tom what's sure. been going on with you my friend yeah, I think for me, it's been harder to get back into the groove. Honestly, the music groove than Cindy. Um, you know, during the lockdowns, I created a project for myself, which was just to record something every day. doesn't matter what it is. And it was a really fun thing to do. My goal was to record at least one minute of just anything. So it was really freeing. And I wound up, uh, I think I did it for about five months. And I wound up with a giant library of you know, sounds, not really songs, but just kind of weird sounds. I, I used it as an opportunity to just explore synthesizers, do some sampling, use my voice a little bit. Um, but after that, it's been kind of slow for me to, um, you know, record my own music. Um, I did complete some new songs. I, I do some pop work every once in a while, like synth pop kind of stuff. And I'm sitting on an EP for that kind of don't know what to do with it but it's essentially done um and over like when when the shutdowns um stopped i was invited a couple of times to do live streams as orchid one of my projects um mm -hmm. i played a couple of private parties uh but it's really been few and, and far between i'm finding that at least for me i um you know i i need to regenerate some energy because i've just been feeling kind of run down but I don't know. It's not because of a lack of ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly Patchworks keeps me busy, keeps both of us quite busy. And um, Cindy, you know, you have superhuman stamina sometimes where I'm like, <laughs> okay, I had a full day of synthing at work. I'm, I'm ready for some uh, books or TV and food and bed. <laughs> but that said, yeah, I, you know, I, I too have started to go out to some shows. I actually started my first show post you know, pandemic was, well, I guess we're still technically there, but the first show I went to that was in a theater with other people after so long was a uh, comedy show. I was seeing Mark Barron at the Neptune theater here. Yeah. And oh my gosh, the seats were so close together. I mean, I'm a kind of a bigger guy. So to really be like, you know, arm to arm with people, it was a bit different, but you know, I survived and, uh, you know, ever since then, um, I've really been choosing my shows carefully just to kind of keep my energy. But, I, you know, yeah, I'm sitting on a lot of material for music, a lot of ideas. So, yeah, I'm excited to, to get it out there. And thank you for what you said about Patchworks and our community building. Um, that's been part of what we do from day one. You know, mm -hmm. We did community investment uh, before we had a storefront. You know, we started with meetups and things like that. And um, you know, when we talk about the mission of our company, it's not to sell synthesizers per se, it's to connect people with joy. So of course, having lessons, community events, workshops, you know, places to meet people and network. Yeah. And, um, that's a really big piece of what Patchworks is, not just the gear. Totally. That's beautiful. It's like you <laughs> just wrote a speech. Um, so when I, when I first discovered you guys, um, I didn't know what to expect, but I definitely did not, I did not assume or predict that I would see, um, effects pedals 
in the shop. Um, I don't know how, how, how often the community tells you guys um, how cool that is and, and how that actually makes you very different. Um, not even, not even just from a store, from a shop that is focusing on uh, synth- synthesizers, samplers, uh, modular systems, but it's, you even have stuff that's, that some guitar stores don't have available. Um, so since you guys have been doing that back to the very start, has, has the, has the involvement of effects pedals had a heavy influence on, on your own creative process? And have you also observed this with the community's creative process as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, speaking for myself, um, when I first was able to afford little keyboards here and there as mm-hmm. a kid growing up, um, you know, my brother had an electric guitar and I thought, wow, distortion, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I could get a $40 distortion pedal and smash some drum sounds. It sounded awesome, you know? So at least for, for me, uh, it's been just a part of what I do from, from day one. Um, but really, you know, Cindy and I stocked the store and we built the whole uh, idea of Patchworks around a place that we ourselves would have just loved to have mm-hmm. years earlier, right? What does that vision look like? Where, um, you know, where could we go meet people? What kind of things are in there? So I think at least from my perspective, no, I haven't heard a lot of uh, comments on pedals about that being unique about Patchworks. It's just It just really grew out of wanting to have the widest range of products and yeah. you know, creative tools that we can offer to, to people. And certainly, you know, certainly people will say, Oh gosh, you guys, you know, you should think about Maris or, you know, whatever brand bring, brings things to our attention. Um, what you'll find with uh, the pedal selection that we have is they are very well paired with synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we're starting to do some more kind of preamps and compressor kind of things more like guitarists uh, are, are more familiar with. Um, and we can go into why if you want, but yeah. And for me, pedals are, are just super fun. I know Cindy used pedals as well. Yeah. In fact, I use pedals and I don't know of many um, synthesizer artists who don't have at least one effects pedal mm-hmm. in their collection. So yeah. I feel like there is a lot of crossover in those communities. And I think the pedal companies are recognizing that. So companies like Earthquaker, Strymon, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're really starting to cater to the synthesizer enthusiasts in their yeah. marketing and their strategy. So, you know, that's a good compliment. Like those companies often reach out to us and say, Hey, we really want to reach this crowd and and market to this audience so how can you how can we work together to make that happen and i think it's a natural it's a natural combination you know yeah the i mean the 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 pedal community is is something that i started getting just very heavy into around 2019 2018 um and i've noticed that that no matter how famous the builders are they they will all give you the time of day and they'll talk to you and figure out what they can do. And they, like you guys are saying, they pay attention. Uh, Maris too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maris is huge. Um, so, and I mean, Strymon looks like a couple of algorithm gods to a lot of people, 
but you can, I mean, anything that you do to, to use their tools, like it gets their attention immediately. I mean, so Maris has done like the, uh, the rack, uh, the, the modular five, versions of, of some of their pedals, like the Hydra. Yeah. Like the 500 series. Yep. You guys, yeah. And that's pretty unique because the 500 series for pro audio, um, you know, it's modular. Yes, but it's different than what we do because those modules came from literally, you know, the finest mixing consoles in the world. So, mm. um, it's a bit of a different market, but I think it's really cool that Maris is offering those products in that format. Uh, Moog actually did too. A lot of people don't know that, but Moog did offer things like their um, their low pass filter, their analog delay in the 500 series format. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're pretty hard to find now. And the advantage is you get balanced in and out. You know, it's a more professional um, price too, actually. So the prices are kind of way up there. So yeah, I mean, pedals, uh, you know, we love modular here at, at Patchworks. One of the reasons we created Patchworks was that there was not a place in Seattle for, you know, people to go check out modular. And ironically, there were several brands of uh, modular products being made right here. And in fact, some of the meetups that we started um, grew out of this uh, organization called the Mostly Modular Trade Association. It was a group of people who were, you know, synth designers, module designers, and they would host uh, get-togethers at Shoreline Community College and, um, yeah, those guys decided to, to call it quits one day. And that was part of the impetus for us to pick up that torch saying like, Hey, you know, there's this community out there. We enjoyed going to those events and, um, you know, we want them back. So, but yeah, I think there is a, a similarity between like the joy of, of creativity and pedals as well, you know, that exists also in modular. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising to, um, you know, see some affinity there. Um, the complexities of using pedals in a modular or in a synthesizer setup are not well known. I mean, there's, there's the, of course you can plug anything into anything else and see what it sounds like. And that's part of the joy and the fun, Um, you know, but synthesizers are line level. And then in modular, your uh, levels are even hotter, right? So if you want to plug directly into a pedal, you need to know about gain staging to really maximize your signal to noise and all that stuff. But yeah. you can just plug it in and see what it sounds like. And that's part of the fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> Even if you get your ears blasted out. Yeah. So whose idea was it to bring, to bring pedals in addition to everything else into this picture? Mm. I think both of us unanimously agree. That's just cool to me. I mean, I'm, I, so I'm someone that's kind of outside looking in. Um, you're inside right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I like. Uh, I'm always. I'm. I, I, I like to do too many things, and and uh, I wanna. I wanna just get my hands on every instrument possible in existence. And so, like getting into your guys's world, I just. I guess it was a maybe just like a biased opinion or or assumption, going into it thinking like, oh dude, this is rad that, that, that this exists here. I don't know if it would have been as common or normal if we went back to like, I don't know, 2016 uh, or early 2000s. Um, it was more like bigger stores or mom and pop shops still getting to go with, with uh, pedal effects. Um, but that, again, that's just, that's so cool. I'm not going to spin my tires too much on it, but 
I might be just one person with that opinion. I'm hoping that if someone listens to this or sees this, that, that it also um, awakens other feedback, um, gets people to inter- engage with you guys even more and say like, this is so cool. Have you considered this or this or that? Like for me, I could sit down with you guys for multiple days mm-hmm. and, and uh, just dump tons of ideas on you with, for, for pedals. Yeah. Well, so I think part of the affinity between modular and pedals, at least in my opinion, it, it has to do with um, a, a few factors kind of happening at the same time. One is sort of the DIY Kind of do you know go do it yourself mm-hmm. you want to make a you got an idea for a pedal or a module it's the same thing one person can go prototype something and throw it together and you know it's low risk and low cost and you can tinker right you can tinker and play and just see what sounds good see what you like so that ethos of just go do it exists both in modular and euro rec modular i mean you know specifically here um and pedals the other thing that um you know, the other big factor, in my opinion, is the manufacturing processes. So, you know, you were speaking about maybe in the, the earlier years, um, noticing a difference. It's become really easy to do small numbered runs of uh, printed circuit boards. Yeah. You know, like once you have a design, you can ship it off to a, a contract manufacturer and they can spin up a, a batch for you. And, you know, that really brought the cost of bringing a product to market, a boutique product, Mm-hmm. way down. So you wouldn't see this proliferation of uh, modular brands without those innovations in the manufacturing process. And I believe, you know, pedals are, are similar. Uh, shout out to um, breakfast audio in New York. I just, I was just listening to an, an episode, an interview with, with Dave. Um, he, he does the majority of his inventory are, 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 are PCBs he makes mm. for people to just buy for like, $10 a piece mm. and then go and build that, that circuit themselves. Mm. And then you'll get cool. a full of course, just like I think every DIY site we see, you'll have the, the, the builder um, try to source as much of those parts as possible to help, to help the people um, build it. Um, definitely. What I would highly recommend to check him out. He's got some of cool. the, the weirdest obscure stuff. Um. So what have each of you learned from the community since, since starting patchworks? And I know that's, that's a pretty loaded question. So let me make this more specific. I, over all the years since the beginning, what is the biggest lesson or just thing that, that, that has, that you guys have learned from, from the start to, to today, that's just stands out to you and is, Every morning you wake up and you're like, wow. <laughs> um, I can answer that. I, I have one specific lesson that I've learned that, that or thing that surprised me the most about our community and our customers. And that is that every piece of gear that we sell is a tool like a hammer or, mm-hmm. you know, a drill. And what's fascinating to me is that you can have the same modular system with the same modules in it and you hand it to three different people and they are going to patch that system in a completely unique way. Yeah. 
And, you know, whether we're talking about something larger scale, like the system behind us here, or even just a small skiff with a few modules in it, I love just taking a system like that, handing it to someone and seeing what they do with it. And we get to see that every day with the number of customers that come through the shop. They'll walk up to to this system and they'll start working with it. And it fascinates me the different types of music, the different types of sounds and the completely different ways of thinking that people engage in when they're interacting with these instruments, even mm-hmm. though, even with a, even with a synth that's not a modular, uh, you know, system, people will, will perform on the instrument in, in entirely different ways and, and how, how the brain processes those ideas is completely different from one person to the next. And I just find that a never ending source of fascination and curiosity. Uh, a real quick point I wanted to, to make off of that note of like how, like you're talking about how everyone's approach tends to be quite different. Um, something that I think you guys, sh- you're probably already very proud of is that I think that you got what it, what it seems is that you, the perspective is you guys do hire and even maybe even train a staff to be very in tune and down to earth and, and listen to the, to the, the, the creative type, or even someone that's very intimidated, doesn't know what they want to do. They're just curious, but you guys have that your entire staff has this really good way to listen and kind of probe and navigate that creative process very well without fail. Like I've, I've talked to every single person I've talked to here has never shown a different, a different way of, of doing it. They're just, they're always like, you are my priority and I, I want to make sure that you're happy. And I, you know, it's okay if you want to walk out that door and not buy anything, just want to make sure that you are comp, you're you're confidently navigating this world and, and that you're, that your curiosity is going to lead to something super exciting and you're going to feel stoked about it. So thank you guys for doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's a, that's a really kind compliment. And, um, you know, I guess on one hand, you know, like we could say we don't really try that hard, but I don't think that's true because we, we do, um, you know, for the most part, we're hiring from people within the community anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And to build on what Cindy said, um, you know, about what, you know, we've, we've learned that's unique or I, I think for me, it's just how, and it's, it's, it's similar to what you say, Cindy, I've just been amazed at how many different kinds of people are out there and, yeah. and want to, you know, use this equipment or get inspired by it for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. and it really runs the gamut. It's, you know, it's like, people who just want to have a system that makes cool sounds, you know, and tend to get fascinated by, um, you know, we have some professionals who shop at Patchworks too, obviously, which is great. Um, some people are young and they're ambitious and they have something to say and they want to make music to release other people just want to play with their buddies, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of our unofficial mottos is everyone is welcome. And, you know, when we started the company, we felt very strongly that we don't want any gatekeeping to happening when you walk in the door yeah. here. 
it's like, and you know, if you know everything about everything, that's great. Teach us, you know, like we, we learn, I learn something every day when I'm on the floor about some piece of equipment or how people are using it. But we also, um, you know, I'll speak for myself. I used to be like a teenager and I didn't know anything and I desperately wanted to like play synthesizers and make the music that I loved, but Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have anywhere to go and I didn't have anywhere to talk to. And yeah, I was timid about it. And, you know, of course there's the internet now, which is great, but there's something totally different about coming in the door, looking at this huge modular, you know, and being like, Oh my God, I don't even know where to start with that thing. But someone from our staff can come over and say, Hey, I see you looking at the modular. You want let me show you a demo and we show you how it works. And that's literally yeah. what we do every day here. So it's awesome. That's what makes me feel good. Yeah, that, that sounds so damn fun. <laughs> it is. What a great job. The best. Um, what was the, was that, was that a motto or you said that it was, uh, you want, uh, you want to. Everyone all, is welcome. Everyone yeah. is welcome. Yep. And that reminds me of, um, you guys heard of uh, Pauline Oliveros? Of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rest in peace. Beautiful mind. Um, I just, uh, so there was a guy over in New York. I can't, Daniel, I'm sorry. I can't remember your full name. Talking to him about getting his film that he made about her out a lot uh, to, to more locations. Um, but this story is with transistors. No, it's it's, it's, uh, the story of it's a deep listening. The story of Pauline Oliveros. Cool. And I thought I, I thought I knew a lot more about her and Stuart Dempster and and the other music, other very creative types they, they collaborated with. But I mm. once I saw that film, I know I'm kind of I'll get to my point, I promise. Um, it just what you guys are saying about everyone's welcome just reminds me of of the the way that Pauline and and her partner have always lived their life is trying to open the world to all people to the world being a musician. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of, there's still a lot of people that don't understand that <laughs> if they even like sing one time, like you're a musician to me. Um, and whatever you do, like even your, your daily life, you're living, you're, you're making all kinds of sounds and that's music to a lot of people. Um, that, and that's also why I started the show. Hmm. Um, I want to, I, I want to focus on more things that are, that are music to us all that, that may be very uncommon. Um, but yeah, you guys echo a lot of that same kind of, that's just that beautiful attitude. Well, it's so fun to share magic, you know, like I, we mm-hmm. think this stuff is magic, right. And like the way the sounds can connect with you and, um, you know, it's elemental, right. It's like these, these, like even basic sine waves, square waves, it's so elemental and so like deep, you know? So um, of course we want to share the magic because, you know, it's, it's contagious. It lights you up, you know? So it's, it's, um, it's just what we love doing here. Yeah. I, I think the internet and, and you guys creating the, these communities like, like others are, I think the, that the kind of impact that's, huge i mean i was a lot of emphasis in the intro for you guys like you're making a huge impact from a tiny tiny place in the bit in the beginning um (laughs) and 
even this place, like this doesn't describe what, what, what you're achieving. I mean, it's so much more than what, what we're seeing physically in front of us or hearing. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> well, thank um, you for the compliments. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, to just work on the showroom floor here, Cindy and I have been spending more time working with customers and on the showroom floor. And, um, we see evidence of that every week, you know, every other day, someone will come in and say, Oh, I'm visiting from, you know, out of town. I had to come mm -hmm. by. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's really amazing. And of course we don't do it ourselves. We've got great staff, including, you know, Matthew Picora, who does our, our videos, um, you know, Ray Losey is our social media manager and they do an awesome job spreading the word. And of course, all the great people that you see, if you come in the door here. So, mm -hmm. uh, if you call up, you'll talk to Thomas, you know, on the telephone, he'll help you out. It's one of his superpowers is to be able to, like you were saying earlier, Cody, to listen to what people are saying they want to do mm -hmm. and then work out, well, what do we have that can accomplish that for you? You know, and sometimes it's not easy. I remember, one, one gentleman um, was, uh, I think he's a systems engineer, some, you know, kind of engineer. And he wanted to do something very specific with a modular um, having to do with using a, an envelope follower to adjust the shelf of an equalizer. And it took several weeks before we could diagram out and figure out exactly how are we going to do this? But we did you know what? And he came um, back a couple of weeks later with a few videos on his phone and said, Hey, check this out. I did it. You know, that was, that's amazing. And yeah, when you yeah, crack I that, that, I, uh, I just re realized what I was derailing off to say is that um, you, I mean, you were, you were, you were mentioning that you guys do make an effort to listen to people and have a better attitude. And it does you got to give that so much, so much credit because it does take a, it does take a lot of work to be able to do that. Um, as uh, whether you're a product manager at, at any facet, like your, your staff on the floor are doing that. They're acting as product managers. They're understanding what is your problem. And sometimes mm -hmm. the user doesn't know what their issue is and you need, you need a professional to sometimes navigate and find what that is so what i was getting at was that like a lot of people can be very elitist in in the industry whether they're a, a, an influencer they're, they've got their own shop they're a builder uh gone are the days of being an asshole in a <laughs> in, in a storefront um because the internet and the community the communities that we have here uh whether whether it's for guitars or synthesizers um, it's so strong that if you're an ass, you, you know, you're going to get called out and that's going to get stamped out quicker. And those who like yourselves that make so much effort to go above and beyond, it's just going to continue to bloom and flourish and become way more successful. And I think we have the, our, again, our communities and the speed of the way information is now communicated to thank for that. Where it's like, that's why, I mean, that's why I, like I, when I was listening to, um, what is it? Um, esoteric modulation. So, um, 
man, I can't remember. It was a podcast show that was talking about uh, talking about you guys at a, at a level of like international fame. Really? Like there was a podcast. Yeah. It's a man. It was one of the guys was, um, can't remember their name. I know I'll pull it up soon, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's so, it doesn't stop there. There are a lot of people that praise you guys beyond just, you know, this, this city or the greater Seattle area. Like, you have you have a you have this like reach and impact that goes around the world. It's like you know what how we have KEXP. Mm-hmm. It's like that radio station is is so is so huge that it's like we're ne- it's now a part of us being a sister city with um, Reykjavik, Iceland, and you know and and then we you know that they expand out to all these performances of uh, international performances and. Yeah. Bring people in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we can talk a little bit about that because it wasn't too long ago that Patchworks was just a bedroom, you know, in a tiny little uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, rundown local. shack that has a sordid history <laughs> of a building. Here we are at 3107 East Lake Avenue East, former home to Patchworks. This is the little place where we started our business. And we've been in the building about three years. I'm sorry, five years. What am I saying? When we started, we weren't in this room at all, nor did we use this kitchen room. Still a few little things to move out here. But this room is where we had our events. We had many a workshop right here, sometimes in the sweltering summer sun. So all you see there is garbage. That's really attractive. This room we eventually use for our boxes. And as an e-commerce business, we consumed a lot of boxes, <laughs> but stock wound up in this room too. We originally thought we would use it for lessons, but we did not. The main stock room was here, pretty cool purple carpet. And I must have known the carpet was purple but this room was chock full of so many things for so long. I forgot all about that. So the office where we ran Patchworks was in here. It's crazy to see such an empty room. We had, uh, we had a sofa here, two desks. That's where Nick may have talked to you through the window. We had another desk here where I worked, Cindy worked, Ray worked, and one of our newer team members worked here, Drew. And then, so let's go back to what was the original Patchworks, which is back here. Originally, you would come through this door to enter Patchworks, and this was a little lounge area. We had the same sofa here and a counter there with a little TV. And then the main showroom at Patchworks 1.0 was this room. At the time, it was the nicest room that we had out of these three. So this is room two. The previous room was room one. And then the third room we had for Patchworks 1.0 was in here. Kind of a long, strange room. 
So this was our first office where Cindy and Antonio used to work. And then when we first opened, again, this was the main showroom and then we had this little lounge room and that was it. But luckily we grew and we eventually took the whole floor and over time, the old floor, the whole floor was simply not enough. So this is the last of East Lake and we're opening in Stone Way in two days in Seattle's Wallingford neighborhood. And it'll be very exciting, but we'll miss you East Lake. Goodbye. Um, and you know, Cindy and I used the opportunity of COVID. I mean, of course, COVID's horrible for all kinds of reasons, but there was opportunity there for us to take, you know, all of a sudden we couldn't have our events. We couldn't do our in-person events. We couldn't do our barbecues on the patio and we couldn't see each other. So all that activity moved online. You know, there's a local uh, production company here in Seattle called Basement State. Mm -hmm. We're friends of us. And they began by literally streaming to each other in their basement. You know, it wasn't like show the world the music yet. It was like, hey, it's Friday night. I'm bored. I'm going to start streaming to my five friends. And then, you know, it grew into something much, much bigger than that. Uh, for the patchwork side, you know, we were able to pivot very quickly from having 95 plus percent of our business um, walk through the, through the front door to 75% of it being online. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's great to hear that we have that reach and it was deliberate to be able to open up this community to other countries, other places, other regions. Um, you know, of course we've got our hearts in Seattle, but there are a lot of great people out there that we can connect with and bring in. And we're glad they're, you know, part of it too. And it is a global community, so we're happy yeah. to be a part of that. And, you know, a lot of the companies whose products we sell are small companies located all over the world. So mm -hmm. we're really happy to be able to bring those products to our, you know, our customers, both local and, you know, anyone ordering online. So it's really, it really is a global community. So we're very happy to be a part of that. It's a uh, Ed Ball Oh, okay. Oh, right. Esoteric modulation. Yep. Um, him and another guy. I've I, heard that before. Kid. Oh, man. He's such a nice guy. I can't <laughs> remember what he goes by like a different alias. He's, I mean, he's, yeah. So, I mean, Ed is the main host to it. And what was so great about that show that, I mean, they, they've been offline for probably a couple of years, just dealing with personal things. And, but the way that Ed <laughs> speaks about you guys is poetic and romantic. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Ed. Yeah. You should go just, just go like, just go listen to, um, yeah, the episodes they have, like you only have to hear the beginning when they're just talking about like the, what's going on with them musically. Each of them kind of shares what they've been playing around with. And it, they, cool. man, they drop your guys name all the time. Awesome. Um, okay. So, I'm so glad that it's such a beautiful thing that you guys have, have soaked in as your, this lesson um, or just this thing that you've, that is really this impression that is 
hit you guys pretty hard since the start. Um, what what's new for Patchworks in store since the big move from East Lake um, that most don't know about? Cindy, I think that one's yours. Yeah, I mean, I I really think that um, there have been. This, this space gives us a lot of opportunities that we didn't have mm-hmm. in our other space. And so, of course, there was a little bit of time that we took to settle into the larger space. We had to hire more staff. We had to build out more of, of the showroom. And that, that did take some time. Mm-hmm. Um, now that that's, you know, I, it's never a job that's complete. But, you know, we have the showroom looking we're pretty happy with how it looks at this stage. It, it's been time the last few months for us to move forward and look at what else we can use the space for. Mm-hmm. And we're really fortunate to have a room in the back that uh, we can have events in. And when we moved in, the room was divided into two small rooms by a, a wall with a door in the middle. So we could have maybe a dozen people, uh, you know, present for a workshop or an event. And what we've done in just the last couple of months is we've actually knocked the wall out between the two halves of that event space and had them finish it out. And it looks fantastic. And we're really happy now to have a room that's big enough to probably hold about 50 people. And that's a real game changer. And most people haven't seen it yet because we only started doing events two weeks ago in that room. Mm -hmm. And we've only had a couple of workshops, but we're going to be having plenty more events. Uh, We're going to have a lot of guest speakers, a lot of performances. We're already doing an in-store once a month performance series Mm -hmm. on uh, Saturday, one Saturday afternoon a month. That's been really, really popular. Uh, And we can't wait to have more of those types of events in this new event space. So that's something that we're just, unveiling now that's pretty new that I think a lot of people aren't aware of yet, but we're really happy to have that because it allows us to really bring people in for those community events that are so important to us. And that's, that's not, it's not this smaller space, right? It's something upstairs. It's it's in the back corner here. So yeah, behind that. You took a wall down. Yeah. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've seen it since it just looked, yeah. Because the when when we had the the workshop with Crosby, mm-hmm. we had not knocked the wall okay. out yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's the last so time. So that was the smaller version of the room. Okay, so cool. We'll, we'll have a look in there later. <laughs> Red. Yep. Um, speaking of awesome events that you guys are doing, I wanted to. I really wanted to talk about Velocity Trade Show. Um, the, the velocity trade show seminars, workshops, um, and, and that, and the, and the, the performances that have happened. So I think you guys have had one or two of those events. Is it just one velocity? We've had two, of, okay. um, but we have had other trade shows over mm-hmm. the years. We used to do them maybe two or three times a year. Velocity um, was the one that I was really Velocity was the about. biggest <laughs> because it also incorporated performances uh-huh. uh, and workshops as well as the trade show. So the, the 
and I mean, trade show is a bit of a misnomer. Our, our, our old meetups used to have a trade show component. So some mm-hmm. of the tables would be companies represented, but then we would also just invite our community to bring whatever gear they wanted to show and tell, mm-hmm. uh, bring it all, bring it all down, have a table and set it up and, and share what you, what you put together with, with other people. And, and so it was a mix of commercial representation and community representation by yeah. individuals. So the, the, we did a, a bunch of those events. We would rent out, you know, a, a good sized venue uh, for those and, and just have an afternoon of, you know, just sharing and, and, you know, maybe we'd have a guest speaker, there'd be some raffle prizes. I mean, it was just a good time, you know, and that was really how we, we built up in the early days, uh, built up a following and built up a community around patchworks was by having these meetups. And then velocity was the logical next step where we made it a little bigger and we brought on collaborators and we, you know, made a, made a bigger, a bigger go at having an event that included some really big headliner performances and evening and mm-hmm. workshops and panel discussions and, and more of a conference type of atmosphere, I guess, in the day with the, with the performances at night. So, so there was, um, was it two, so there's a 2021 and a 2022. Uh, 2019 was the first year. Oh, okay. And then we took a break for a couple of years Okay. Uh, because of COVID and then Damn came back COVID. and did 2022 last year at substation and yeah. with, with three rooms at substation going all day and well into the, into the night. That's what I love about substation. Uh, I've seen a few different events there. I am, um, I'm bummed that I missed the, the last velocity though. That, that was my, that's when I knew I was aware of it. Um, I wanted to bring my actually bring my daughter there. Mm-hmm. She's just a little four year old, <laughs> very cu- musically curious. Um, That's so I can't wait for the next one. Um, I, I can't imagine that it hasn't been well received. Are you guys going to do it again using uh, substation, or is it going to be here? This venue here is way too small. Yeah. Uh, we had several hundred people. We sold out substation last yeah. time. So I think the plan is to maybe try to do one next year or the year after or some event similar in scale to that. I mean, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of planning and resources to make an event of that scale happen. And because of the programs that we're introducing here within, you know, under this roof this year, we've decided to focus on those programs, getting them, you know, up and running and established with the staff that we have. But uh, we really do want to have another big outside event like that. Uh, it mm-hmm. may be maybe next year. We're not sure exactly when yet, but it's definitely something we want to pursue in the future. You know, it's just uh yeah, it's a pretty big endeavor, so we want to make sure. Yeah. We, I think what what would happen is it would need to be bigger. Is what the conclusion was after the last event we sold out. Uh, maybe it's two days instead of one day, or maybe it's yeah. multiple venues in a neighborhood that we have different you know activities going on and through the day and the evening. So I think that scaling it up a little bit, there's definitely enough demand to warrant that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you have to have the the resources available to really go 110%, you know, for several months of the year to make an event like that happen. So 
Yeah, that's quite an right? achievement to sell out to sell out that space. I mean, it's a lot of room. Yeah, and it was all volunteer run. The entire event was volunteer. Wow. Did you guys so, also use outside the outdoors? No, um, no, we had the patio. They have a kind of a little enclosed patio area that mm-hmm. you know is a nice place to go get some fresh air. Uh, but we didn't have any outdoor um, part of the venue. I can't remember. I don't recall if the if there is any like uh, I don't know King County laws or anything preventing it. But I remember that there have been events using all all of the space plus doing some mini stages outside mm-hmm. wow. um, and closing down the block. Yeah, so, uh, Freakout Fest did that in Ballard. They closed the whole block of Ballard and had an outdoor stage for that. And that uh-huh. was um, that was actually worked out really well. Uh, yeah. I did attend that, and um, I thought it was great. Something like that would would be really interesting to try at substation. Mm-hmm. You're really dependent on the weather, of course. That being yeah. Seattle, that's never a guarantee, <laughs> no matter what time of year it is. So <clears throat> you have to be careful about. Uh, making sure you've got tents and, you know, at least for the stage yeah. area. But that would be an interesting option to consider, like a partially outdoor event like that would be pretty cool. I don't think you can go wrong yeah. with like the second half of July, maybe into August. That would be about the only time. The last, <laughs> the last two weeks of July. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, we partner with Modular Seattle to produce yeah. Velocity. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, like Cindy said, it, it takes a lot of resources to produce an event like that. In 2019, um, we closed the store. You know, we closed the store to do Velocity. And we're at the point now where we really can't interrupt our operations mm-hmm. uh, in order to do that. So, and, you know, a lot of people from our staff were either performing or volunteering. So it was probably one of the hardest things that Patchworks, a company, has ever done to, you know, have a great, full, fully, you know, amazing event like Velocity and keep our operations running here at the store. Um, so shout out to Nick Bigelow, our director of operations. He was, uh, you know, he was amazing. He is amazing. If you if you call up and, and want to talk about Modular, he's your guy. He's, you know, got the deepest knowledge. But so, you know, that his dedication to making uh, Velocity happen, one of you know many, as a volunteer mm-hmm. just shows you um, how much we are passionate about, you know, this, this world um, you know, volunteer means you're not getting paid and it is a lot of work <laughs> yeah. to do something like that. So anybody who's um, uh, volunteered at velocity or one of our other events, thank you would not happen without you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Um, have you guys, have, have you guys done anything with a uh, decibel fest? I attended. Well, so we, we attended. Yeah. I, I played the first decibel yeah. and, um, patchworks never did because decibel ended before patchworks began. Oh, it did. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, the, just slightly. And yeah, I mean, it's regretful that, uh, decibel isn't here anymore. I enjoyed myself quite a bit. And I was invited to be on a panel once or twice, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was about it. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh, the scale of decibel was even bigger than velocity, so yeah. I can understand how the promoter might feel like, okay, 
that's so sad i didn't even know i like you guys just reminded me of like how magical it seemed to have been able to go to that i miss it It really was yeah Yeah, i miss it too i mean so many great artists would come in uh they had a great you know great set of people curating the showcases um and also i mean similar to velocity but in a much larger scale in that people were traveling from all over to come to decibel come to seattle and see you know all these great artists and of course part of the impetus of decibel was also to expose that audience to our local talent here in seattle yeah so it was just really great and yeah i miss it do you guys know the the promoter or sean horton yes yeah yep he's moved to kind of california now so he's no longer in seattle unfortunately Mm -hmm. but Sean, come back job. and collaborate. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a superstar. Sure. <laughs> Rad. Well, I, I bet most people have been like, really excited for what you guys are doing with the Patchworks Academy core class. Uh, I see that you're calling it Synthesis and Electronic Music Production 101. Um, and your one-on-one music production courses offered through local, um, through locals, uh, like local talent, excuse me, like Crosby Morgan. Um, how's that been going, uh, you know, for the, for the whole Academy effort and class series? It's been great so far. I mean, I feel like we're really just getting things off the ground in the last few months, but we've mm-hmm. had now, uh, we've completed two full sessions of our group class and we have a third uh, session that's now full mm-hmm. starting this coming Sunday. So that class is a four week long class where you attend three hours per mm-hmm. session. So it'd be a total of 12 hours of instruction and uh, that covers, you know, a really, a really solid intro to a lot of concepts that will allow you to get a foot in the door and get off the ground producing electronic music. So, you know, it covers basic synthesis with hardware. We use the Moog Mavis as a demo instrument mm-hmm. to learn on. Uh, the Mavis is patchable, so it's got patch like a patch points you can learn uh, a little bit of uh, modular concepts and and practice patching. Uh, we also then, you know, switch gears and move over to a little bit of an intro to Ableton Live, learn how to make a beat in Ableton, how to record your instruments, and how to put together a composition. So all of that gets covered in the four-week class. Cool. Uh, so every class we've had has been full so far, and the demand is pretty high uh, for that type of of, of education and that format. <laughs> and our teachers are amazing. We're lucky to have, uh, you know, several really, really talented and, and passionate teachers that are helping us with that class and are also helping us develop some uh, Eurorack modular specific courses. Mm-hmm. So we have in development right now an intro to Eurorack and an advanced topics in Eurorack course that we're going to be offering uh, later this year. So we're excited about that. Uh, in conjunction with the group classes, we also have a private lesson room where we have, you know, Crosby, uh, Hector Rodriguez, and some of our staff uh, teaching uh, right now. Oh, cool. um, so we have uh, the opportunity for students to decide, do they 
would they prefer with their learning style to to learn in a group class environment or would they rather have private lessons? A lot of people buy gear from us and then they want a private lesson to learn how to use that particular piece of gear that they purchased. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe they're, you know, not as interested in getting the general overview, but they just want to come in for a few lessons to learn how to use a Octatrack or, you know, how to use a particular synth they bought. And so I think the, the lesson program is really ideal for those situations. And, you know, we have an, a good pool of teachers with a, a variety of skill sets that are complementary that, you know, we can, we can hopefully match the student with an appropriate teacher and get them on their way. So who's the, um, who are the instructors for the group? classes so for the right now we have we actually have a different instructor for each of the four classes usually okay um so jason deagleman uh is one of our instructors connie Fu, who works here uh is not only one of the instructors but also is the main organizer and coordinator for the class yes thank you connie um, for connie's helping amazing me. <laughs> uh we have uh matt picora who's also one of our staff who works on a lot of our video content and is an incredible teacher uh, mm-hmm. himself he teaches that class as well and then tim held who does podular modcast uh we're, we're yeah. in the works developing a, a course and can't wait to have him join our crew as a teacher shortly. So, and then for private lessons, we have uh, Andy Reichel, Hector Rodriguez, um, and uh, Crosby Morgan right now as, as instructors, as well as some of our own staff who are, you know, able to teach private lessons as well. So Andy Reichel. Yeah, that would be my husband. Andy. All right. <laughs> not, not just a coincidence as a whole, another Reichel. AKA Jelsel. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I, I, I was just thinking about, uh, how Ableton does, uh, student discounts to their mm-hmm. software. Do you, are students able to get those discounts through doing your, your course? We are working with some, um, of the different, you know, companies to help coordinate those discounts. It's, it's on a case by case basis right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely good opportunities uh, you know, for a lot of, a lot of educational discounts to get passed on to the students. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's something that will, will develop over time too, as the program grows. So there's, um, great. have you guys heard of the, the, uh, push Bible? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's an entire Ableton push course. Nice. And through, if you do his course, he has an arrangement with Ableton to be able to get the the student cost refunded or the difference to Mm. be refunded. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't can't imagine how many people that would help, including myself. Jeez, it costs so much. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, Yeah, we're in touch with Ableton. We're not Ableton dealers right now. We're, We're working on that and hopefully sometime in the future we can be, but we're in touch with them and we can connect our students who are enrolled in either private lessons or in the group class with Ableton to, you know, go negotiate a educational discount. Cool. Good on you, Ableton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ableton's really great. Um, Also want to shout out to Dennis DeSantis from Ableton and his book. I'm blanking on the name, but it's like, you know, it's like the Zen of creativity, really. Um, Go Uh look him up. It's Dennis DeSantis. And Ableton also has produced a great tutorial for electronic music 
that you can run in a web browser, you know? So they're really, um, they're really big on education just like we are. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised after seeing what, like, like the guy that did, does push Bible, he was just, he's just, he's just always been a huge fan of the push uh, platform. Mm. And he got so good at it that they were like, Hey, do you want to, you want to teach other people what you're, how good you are at this thing? <laughs> he's like, hell yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, and you know, he, it helps him have a business and it gives them more business. Everyone's happy. Highly recommend to check that out. Um, I am a student in it and I love, I don't know. I don't know if I could confidently really approach the push two platform, or I think soon to be push three without that guy's instruction. Like it's just such a, it's a really cool platform. Um, do you guys sell that here? No, we're not Ableton no. dealers. Like I oh, said, so the hardware you would, yeah, I have I mean, a push too, but I, we'd we don't love to, it. I mean, we do occasionally get consigned or used push in here, but okay. we're not able to sell the new ones yet. Sorry. That's a new, a noob question. I've never had a store. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I think the I think the popularity of Ableton, you know, it takes a team to be able to service a lot of dealers, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I mean, like a like we say, you know, we're good friends with Ableton, our friends there, and you know, hopefully, there's yeah, we'll be able to do that in the future. Stay tuned. Right on. Um, before we wrap things up and move on to um, a very exciting. Uh, and personal performance by you guys in store here. I wanted to ask if each of you have anything else that you want to, you know, talk about um, shout out about the shop or yourselves, um, anything you like for the people on all these cameras and all the cameras well, and all I, these microphones and all the mics. <laughs> Um, I can start by saying, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to, to Cody or any of the other great podcasters out there talking about music stuff and you feel like, gosh, I want to get involved, but I don't know how it's so easy. All you do is you reach out, you send an email, you get in touch on your social channels. It is so easy. Um, don't hesitate to do that. Call us, you know, write support at patchworks.com. Let us help you get connected. Let us help you you know, learn more or figure out what you need. Um, I'll also say that, you know, electronic music, it's electronics and, you know, some people are daunted by budget, but you shouldn't be because there's something out there at a price point for everybody right now. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I like to say it's the golden age right now of electronic music instruments. So that's my message. If you want to get involved, you can just do it. Just, you know, reach out. We're here for you. I'm sure Cody's here for you. And um, don't hesitate. Amen. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would agree with that and echo that feeling. And I do want to give a big shout out to all the people in the Seattle community in particular who have worked since the pandemic uh, to bring the community back. Mm-hmm. It has been so difficult to compared to, you know, how things were before when it was hard enough, uh, there are so many challenges and pressures right now trying to be an event promoter, trying to be an artist in Seattle. Uh, and I, I see people working extra hard to put on shows, to get out there and perform. And 
uh, and to really support the community in whatever way that they can, you know, whether people doing graphic design, making flyers uh, out there, you know, making videos, recording events and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, providing, you know, volunteering at the door for an event, like every hour that people put in is, is really valuable time. And, uh, I see people working together to to try to keep things going in the face of really difficult economic circumstances for a lot of people in this community. So I just want to shout out and say thanks to everybody who's working really hard, you know, evenings and weekends when the, in their free time to make this happen, you know, and, and create the beautiful thing that we have here in the city. Hell yeah. And it's an and it's an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you so much. Um, I I I hope that the you know you, the the impact you have and the message you guys have continues to that, that this just makes it echo so much more. Um, so for everyone watching and listening, um, we are going to mosey on over to another space in in the store and do a little bit of a gear walkthrough with you guys um talk about you know your your signal chain and the stuff the stuff that makes your noises and beep boops go and uh then we you know we can have the again the pleasure and honor of being able to hear you guys perform as a collaborative project called dahlia am i saying that right Mm -hmm. that's right um and you guys have not it's been four years since you performed I think it's been four years since we've even played together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This project. Yeah, this it's is been a, a while. This is history. Mm-hmm. This is Dahlia history, and it's Cindy and Tom history. It's Patchworks history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can say a little bit about the project. So, uh, Dahlia, it's spelled like the flower, but with two eyes. Mm-hmm. So, Um It's been a project that we've collaborated on for several years. I think the first performance. Uh, was in 2018, and uh, we perform in Quadraphonic Surround. So it came about, I believe, because our friend Kassen, um invited us to support him on a show. Um, I don't remember which moniker he was using. Uh, he records a Symbion project, but I think he was using a different moniker. Anyway... Um, so Cindy and I prepared this music for that performance. We've performed it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. It's never been recorded, so we don't have any recordings anywhere. But um, yeah, what what you'll what you'll see is um, it's all improvisation, really. Uh, us playing it on e- on each other's you know glances and sounds. Um, and I'll save the you know save the explanation for the other location over there. But it's just really fun to kind of break out of at least what I usually do in the studio. Mm-hmm. And that's why another thing, if I can, you know, encourage everybody out there. Um, if you haven't done it, try playing with someone else together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try that. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. I so agree. anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Anything you want to say about our project? Um, it, for me, it was the first time I'd done anything in in quadraphonic surround, and uh, there was a, there were a lot of technical uh, skills or or details or you know tools I needed to learn. It, w- it was a good experience to to ex- 
I've always wanted to do that, to be able to localize sound mm-hmm. in space. And, and we had a lot of fun doing experimenting with that. Um, and playing at a place like chapel here was, is one of my favorite venues to perform in. So, yeah. you know, I would say there's, you know, definitely going to be probably some opportunities for us in the future to do that again. We just haven't had a chance in a while. So, uh, you know, playing some of that material today will be a lot of fun, even though we're, we're just not doing it quite in quad here in the shop, but you know, hell yeah, it's a great fun project to, to, to be involved in. And, and I do agree with what Tom said about performing with other people, playing with your friends. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's really one of the most fun parts of being a musician, right? It's collaboration. So. Yeah. And there's uh there's no commitment. It's like just jam. Yep. It's like, that's um, I think more people need to just leave instruments scattered through their homes when they have guests over be like yeah you can touch that mm-hmm. just like you guys do here <laughs> like yeah let's just let's just jam yeah jams do erupt in here from time to time yeah sometimes before we open sometimes <laughs> while we're open sometimes after yeah it's fine on into the night okay nice. cool well i'm i'm really excited thank you guys again very much um yeah I, I thanks cody can't show you enough appreciation for being able to do this and welcoming me here and um cool let's let's rock and roll we'll move on yeah. over there and great go from there it's been Sounds a pleasure. Good. Thank you. yeah so i essentially have two different sounds that i work with at a time on dahlia and we can go from my right to left so what you see here on the table uh first of all the center of everything of course is a mixer uh, this Tascam mixer is really great, this Model 12, because it can record multi-track while we play. So we'll, this time, we'll actually have a recording of it. Um, so the first sound that I tend to use comes from this Juno. So this is a JU-06 from Roland, uh, boutique four-voice synthesizer. Uh, I put the keyboard on it because I like to play keys. And with Orchid and Dahlia, I really like to use these floaty chords. Things like that, that I didn't hit the bad note on. And then that goes into this pedal here, which is a Korg SDD 3000 pedal. This is a really great delay pedal. Um, It's got a bunch of different modes for delay type that you can see. I like to use it in this modern mode because if you turn these filters off, it'll just last forever uh, and not decay, which is pretty awesome. So I'll raise up a nice chord and then, you know, kind of mess with that. And then when I'm ready to kill it, I'll start introducing some of these filters to bring the sound back down. And then today I'm using this um, output from this SDD 3000 into the Mutron bi-phase reissue. So this is a two-channel phase shifter, which sounds pretty awesome. Let's hear it. Get some decay or release on that. I just love the way that sounds. Nice swooshy jet yeah. sound. Like nice and beautiful. So I'll play this and I'll, you know, get floaty chords going with this. But the second sound that I use, the second voice, comes from the this uh, computer here. I use uh, this Macintosh. So what I've got is a controller, this Akai controller, that's set up to play. Essentially, I'm just using the computer as a sampler. 
So we've got uh, samples in here from a lot of different recordings, uh, such as Lucia Micarelli's got some in here, um, Giannis Janakis, uh, some Stockhausen, Avril Part. And what I do is I just play samples from the keyboard. So for example, I'll just call up the first sound here on the first track. This is from a Lucia Micarelli record. And then I hit uh, record there, and I'll just play the keyboard. So that sounds like this. And then of course I've got a foot pedal down here so I can keep the sustain going. And then that allows me to use my foot to keep the sound going, but maybe come over to the rest of this area and manipulate some sounds. So then, yeah, just to show you, here's another sound from the computer that I play. So I've sampled these, you know, parts of uh, records that I really like that fit the, what we're trying to do for Dahlia. And then using these sliders, I've got those mapped to different areas of Ableton, such as a delay. Um, so that's what I've got here. And I've got a filter. I'll show you the filter first. So this is with um, filter all the way up. Then I can bring that filter down. Or I can put some uh, resonance on the filter. So you can hear that nice resonance. And then over here, I've got uh, just a delay line that I like to use. So that sounds like this. Right? There you have it. Uh, I'm going to run through my setup that I'm using for uh, tonight's Dahlia performance. I also use the same setup right now for uh, more of a techno set that I'm working on uh, at the moment. So it really is multi-purpose. It can be great for doing ambient music and also for more uh, percussion-based uh, tracks. So uh, the mixer I'm using is really simple. It's a Yamaha uh, MG10XU. It's got some built-in effects. If I want to choose to use those, I can. Uh, I do have an effects send going out to this Universal Audio Starlight delay pedal, uh, which is a recent acquisition, new addition to the setup, and I'm really liking that. So I'll be making a lot of use of that because it really adds some nice color in addition to just being a really good functional delay. It really, it really does add a nice tone to the sound. The uh, heart of kind of the percussion section here is the analog rhythm from Electron, which I purchased a while ago and then never really uh, went into and mastered and, and really learned how to use properly until fairly recently when I decided it was time to finally, uh, you know, teach myself how to use it. And I always used a Roland TR-8 drum machine for all of my live performances because it was so immediate and starting to, uh, you know, be swayed into the Electron world at this point. I've, I've always been more of a Roland drum machine type of person, but the analog rhythm is a really, really powerful drum machine, and I'm starting to realize why they're so popular now. So I'm really enjoying using it uh, for this set. So most of my, I've, I do play a lot by hand, and so I have a few different synths that I can 
you know, improvise with while I'm playing things live. So this is a Roland JU06A, which is uh, from their boutique line and has a lot of, you know, the Juno 60 really good and 106 vintage sounds on it. So I have right now an Arturia keystep plugged in that I can use to, you know, play that synth and... You know, with all these sliders, it really gives you the ability to edit the sound on the fly uh, in really creative ways. So that that's just a really nice setup uh, for playing melodies or bass lines live. And then in the middle here, I have a Novation Circuit. This is an older, um, older you know, original circuit from a few years ago now, uh, but I still love it. So uh, the sounds are pretty basic, but you know, it's got some built-in effects. So I, I can adjust the reverb and delay so that I'm using separate effects on that sound than the rest of my setup that's running through the starlight if I choose to do that. It's got a nice filter. Uh, it's got percussion sounds if I want to use those. It's really just kind of a general uh, good all-purpose uh, instrument to have in your live setup if you're improvising a lot. Uh, this is a very special Synth, it's the Roland uh, SH09. Uh, came out in 1980 and uh, has a very unique sound compared to everything else on the table here. You can hear it right away because it's just got this very distinctive uh, Roland vintage sound. Uh, I'm using this a lot in my performances right now. So yeah, just a really fun synth to play live with because all the controls are right in front of you. It's got some really cool features um, that make it really unique and 100% analog, of course. Uh, so yeah, no MIDI or anything. So when I sequence this, which I'm going to be doing in the second part of our performance, I have CV and Gate out from the BeatStep Pro here, which I'm using to sequence this because uh, there's no MIDI. The BeatStep Pro is uh, really nice. It's got, uh, because it's got a drum track and a couple of sequencer tracks, so I use it for both percussion and I also use it to sequence melodies, do our kind of, you know, arpeggio type sequences. And it's got some really nice features, including uh, the ability to adjust randomness and probability of each step. So that can uh, give you some really good, you know, uh, options for introducing a little bit of variety and randomness into your into your performances. And it's really easy to use. So, you know, you can turn steps on and off and mute and unmute things on the fly. And actually, sometimes I'll just start with a blank uh, sequence on here during a performance and build it up as I'm playing, which is a lot of fun, even though that occasionally mistakes happen. But that's, you know, part of the improvisational process, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, the final piece that I didn't mention is the good old Roland TB03, which is a boutique version of uh, the 303. And uh, you know, for my techno performances, I make good use of that as as one does. So yeah, that's my current setup, and uh, we'll get to hear it shortly.
Thanks for joining us on our latest episode. To like, follow, and subscribe to our audio and video podcast, check us out at scienceofsound.us, at scienceofsound on YouTube, and at scienceofsoundofficial on Instagram. You can also email me directly at cody.lane at scienceofsound.us. Get lost in the sound with us next time on Science of Sound.